Welcome to True Crime Broads. I'm Crystal. This is Renee. And we are so happy that you joined us again today. We've invited Michael Delara back because he was such an amazing guest last time. And this time we don't have his video on. We started to record the interview on this part two and it was cutting out again like it did last time. So we decided to nix that completely and we started over with his camera off. So I apologize. We don't have a video version this time, but you will find that the audio quality is much better yes we fixed the problem apparently <laughs> apparently that was too taxing for the internet connection that they have so this is perfect without video we'll take it um he did a great job um okay so want me just to start off by reading a review renee sure. all right cool we got a really nice review um five stars says excellent podcast it says crystal and renee are so down to earth and relatable their interview style is organic and they ask the right questions. It's obvious that Crystal and Renee care very much about this case and the other cases they have covered. Listening is like sitting at a table, having a nice cup of coffee and chatting with them. And the person that wrote this is CFEYJA23. That's thank nice. you. Yeah. Thank you for that interview. That means a lot to us because it really helps keep us going because sometimes we do get discouraged and it's hard to get motivated when we don't have new information to share. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Reading these leaving these reviews literally almost like the next couple of minutes we're like okay we need to record yes because it, it really motivates yeah. us so if anybody else hasn't left us a, a review and you've listened to our podcast and love it please do so because that really helps us a lot yes and like i always say let us know if you like it if you don't like it just turn this off and go do something <laughs> <guess> else <laughs> please don't leave us a mean review <laughs> yes absolutely um and then also i wanted to let everybody know we had our in person meeting yesterday and it was it was great we had um i think 11 people there so it, it's ranging anywhere from about seven to like 15 people and um i learned something new at every meeting um you know we had talked about a lot of people want us to do like lives and different stuff like that but it would be so hard to understand people with everybody talking it's not you know just one person and stuff but um if anything good comes out of those that we need to share we'll definitely share it with you um but we are going to do another one in january i don't have the date yet but i'll i'll get it soon but if you've been wanting to come to one please do it's going to be at the waxahachie uh parks and recreation awesome. building their meeting room it's a really nice big room and um so we'll it's just have to nice hope no one jiggles the handle yes yes don't go jiggle the handle we don't want to do that. we don't want to go there <laughs> the reason i said that is renee said that at the meeting before last they got all spooked i guess if you're in there talking about an unsolved murder everyone's going to be on edge and yeah. they heard they felt like somebody was they heard someone jiggling in the handle outside and it was just creeped them all out that's why i said that yeah yeah so i didn't hear it because i was uh further away from the door but i didn't hear it somebody else heard it and i was like are you serious i was like no but uh anyway but it but we're, we have a good time we've got like people have been bringing like uh you know some different things to eat cupcakes and somebody brought a little veggie tray with you know dipping sauce and stuff everybody was they really enjoyed it so um and it's nice to meet new people and people that care about missy and you know the case and stuff so awesome. if you are wanting to go just reach out we put it on our true crime broads page so we have the two and it does get confusing but our page is the one where we you know we'll post um you know different stories or different crime related uh links and that's just called true crime broads it's right. just like a facebook business page basically yeah. and then we also have the group page which is the discussion page and it's going to be well, it's true actually crime a group. Broads. it's not a page it's a, a facebook group so that's 
that's kind of the difference right there. Yeah, yeah. So it's a Missy Beaver's discussion group. Group. Yeah. So anyway, that's the difference between the two. So and it's True Crime Broads Missy Beaver's discussion group. I think I finally. I've never said that all together. <laughs> all together. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. Yes. Thanks for being our social director, Renee. She's yeah. local and she loves putting these things together and meeting up with you guys, and that's awesome. And, and then we also have. Oh, you. I'm glad you said that because we also have the. We're going to do a, a candlelight vigil in April, nice. and we're going to do that at the Heritage Park, which is in Midlothian it's uh right there in town across from a pizza place somebody told me yesterday and I forgot the name of it uh but anyway it's a nice little park I figured that'd be good because that's where her brick is uh placed oh, with her yeah. name on it oh, yeah. so I figured that would be great it's really pretty out what, there what time of day at dusk yeah it's gonna be at seven mm-hmm. um so we're gonna do that there so I, I really and that's would on the anniversary of her murder yes oh, okay. April 18th at 7 p.m I would like to have a lot of people out there I'm gonna have the candles with the little dripping cup mm-hmm. that comes with like them. you get at church for yeah. communion and all that stuff that's nice. Or so on the, the candlelight service, like at um, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. So if you um, haven't heard about that, that'll also be on our events page on our True Crime Broads page. Nice. Yep. Very nice. Okay. Well, without further ado, I guess we're going to head right into our interview with Michael Delara. He was so yeah. cool to come back. Exciting. And what's a little bit different about our part two with him is we are we took questions from our listeners. Mm-hmm. And those of you that are in our group or on our page saw that we posted and asked for questions. So we get those answered by him directly. So thank you for joining us on True Crime Broads. Thank you so much for listening to True Crime Broads. We would also love to see you on our social media. We have an Instagram page called True Crime Broads. We also have a Facebook page called True Crime Broads. And then we also have a group which is called True Crime Broads, Missy Beaver's Case Discussion Group. And if you can, please uh, leave us a five-star review. We are needing some new ones. Yes, you can leave five stars on Spotify if you think we deserve it. And also on Apple, you can also leave five stars and leave a written review if you'd like to. So thanks again for listening to True Crime Broads. Welcome back to True Crime Broads. We are so excited to have Michael Delara back today. You know, many of you had requested that he come back and we're so excited he was gracious enough to join us again and spend some time with us here on True Crime Broads. And we do want to get your questions answered. Michael, thank you so much for coming back on. You bet. Thanks for having me. And um, we well, I'll start off with the question that I got. And then I know Renee has several. Um, I had a listener ask me to delve more into the story that you told about how a woman had contacted you that had information and then you tried to follow up with her and she moved away. But your audio was cutting out on the last episode right then. And we just want to make sure we didn't miss anything. OK. Uh, I had a friend of mine contact me and they said they had an individual uh, a lady that had some information about the uh, the Missy Beaver's murder, but she was afraid to go to Midlothian Police Department because she didn't want to be identified. She was afraid for herself, and I, I understand that. And I told him, I said, "Well, that's fine." I said, "I will. I'll be more than happy to meet her somewhere with you, uh, public place. I'll be fine, and uh, we'll keep her, her identity, you know." secret. I said, that's fine. I'll take the information down and then I will pass it on at the police department. 
So he was supposed to arrange that for me, and, and it went on for two or three weeks. I finally called him back, and I said, what, what's the situation? He goes, man, she got scared. Uh, she hasn't contacted me anymore, uh, and from what I understand, she has moved away. I said, well, shoot, okay. So that was uh, kind of a, a bummer. I was, you know, if, if the information she had was any good, I was I was looking for it and that off to the police department and hopefully they right. can run with it, do some checking on it. Kind of yeah. missed out on that. Well, of course, police can follow up with someone who moved away. Um, would your friend be willing to give the police her name and new contact information? She might even have the same cell phone number. Most people don't change those when they move right away. Right. I did ask him about that and uh, told him, I said, I'll be more than happy to go to them and talk with them and let them know, hey, she's really scared and so forth. He said, no, didn't want to. Didn't want to probably. Wouldn't want to release her information, didn't want him releasing her information. So that, that was kind of a kind of a bummer. Yeah, me. that's too bad. It sounds like she got kind of spooked there after wanting to do it and then thought twice about it. That's too bad. Right, right. Maybe she'll come forward if she finds out that there are ways to remain anonymous. I wonder how close she was to the situation. Like, you know, because sometimes people come to us with tips and they'll say, you know, we've got a neighbor whose uh, grandfather comes to visit and he walks just like the perpetrator. You know, was it something like that? Or was this someone who said, hey, you know, I actually have information. I wonder which it was. I don't know. It's it's intriguing for sure. Uh, I have thought about it. I thought maybe I would give him a call and see if he knew where she moved to, to what area. Maybe I, some way I could contact her or like it was being discussed the other, the other day that maybe putting that information out on some, some uh, Facebook pages in that area that maybe she would be, you know, see it and, uh, right. and contact us along with, uh, or maybe just contact the, uh, um, uh, the crime watch, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the um, what is crime, the crime stoppers, crime stoppers there in, uh, County with, with the number. I don't know if you noticed, I put out a bunch of that stuff today. Oh, good. Uh, on a lot, all those community boards. Yes. Uh, yes. And those can easily be shared from those community boards, the other boards. As well, but those right. are the boards that I have had rights. You know what? It always makes me wonder specifically um, what people. Okay, so if you're told that you're going to be able to remain anonymous throughout the procedure, of course, unless something you know in the very end happened, they got arrested and had to you know testify. But um, Mm -hmm. up until that point, somebody's able to remain anonymous. I wonder what their concerns specifically are. Like if you're going to, they probably don't realize that. You know, and I wonder that. So if maybe you get an opportunity to talk to this person again. Or anybody else out there that might be hesitant, <clears throat> let us know what your concerns are. Maybe we can put those to rest because if you do, um, you know, give information to Crime Stoppers of Ellis County, there's literally no way for them to find out who you are. So, and they take those tips seriously. Yeah, or they really do. We have talked to people who put a tip in on the P3 app and remained anonymous, and right. they respond. And you can even chat back and forth if you want to continue on with some more thoughts later. What's interesting is, is whenever if there's you know tip money like for Crime Stoppers of Ellis County, which there is uh, for people that turn in tips and and an arrest happens or whatever. Um, <clears throat> sometimes they even give tips if there's not an arrest, but if you know they're able to question the person, um, but they are able to get reward money 
with still not being able to find out who you are, they have to give the money to a bank. And then they give a number to the bank and they say when this person comes to you and says, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever. And then the person goes to the bank and says, I'm here to pick up an envelope with this number on it. That's how the connection's made. They never. They ask. get the reward yeah, totally they get the anonymously. Reward that's nobody, amazing. Yeah, nobody they, knows. So it's cool. They put a lot of effort into that. That's they, amazing. They really do. Okay, I've got, do you want to do a question now? Okay, I've got one more question, Michael, from a listener. Her name is Diana, and she said, what would you suggest as a person in law enforcement that we could do to keep Missy's case more public? Is it legal for us to post flyers in public locations? And any other suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Well, you can post the flyers in public locations, depending on where the locations are. Um, Definitely make sure that you before you post anything in, in some place that, um, you know, public locations, it's, it's okay to post things there as long as there's not no ordinance or something against that. Any type of business and so forth, they may let you post things there, but you always need to get permission for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, as far as Facebook pages over there, putting out the things that y'all have, such as pictures of the billboard, business cards, uh, previous videos you've done, um, Crime Stopper, you know, information, hey, contact us if you know anything about Mississippi murder or like that. That's, yes, of course, that's that's legal. It's not going to hurt anything, and I'm sure the Los Police Department would appreciate that. Uh, keep that front of mind um, in the public. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I try to keep it out there at least every two or three months. Keep it out there so people see it and remember it and it doesn't go silent. Right, right. We really appreciate that. We see the things that you post. It's amazing. And you, um, Renee was just telling me at lunch that you run a lot of the the community message boards. That's awesome. I didn't know that. So, yes, thanks for helping us get the word out. You've done an amazing job at that. I remember before we even chatted with you, I noticed that you were already doing that stuff for Missy. That's awesome. Um, I wish everybody would be, you know, take that kind of initiative. We'd probably have this spread all over the world by now. I know. I know. Right. It's weird how you try to share something and get a lot of shares out of it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So with us having, uh, you know, quite a few people in our group and everything, uh, you would think it would get shared more. So I'm hoping that we can get people to encourage them to share more things and get that, get the word out. Exactly. And you're more than, I, I told Renee the other day that you're more than welcome to put anything on that. You know, on that having to do with Missy Beaver. Thank you. Um, That's great. Getting it out there on those pages there. And of course, from those pages, you can share that to other pages if they will allow that. That's right. awesome. That's great. Okay. So this is a question from one of our listeners uh, for you. And it says, at what point is police just waiting for someone to call in a new tip no longer enough? What are the considerations for when police need to do something different? Well, that's going to be up to the individual investigator. I mean, if something's not working, and I'm, I'm sure Midlothian is probably trying different avenues. I'm sure there's, you know, I know it's not the same investigators as when it first started, but uh, I'm sure that they get guys in there to take a look at it. And when you do that, you're always going to get, you know, something else that's spotted that's seen. Hey, did you look at this? Did you see that? Or have we tried doing this? Have we tried reaching out, you know, to these investigators? Have we tried doing this or that? Um, I think as long as they as they stay on it, not let it go stagnant, which I don't believe it will. 
I believe Midlothian truly wants to solve this, and it is in their city, their jurisdiction. Uh, and I believe they got some really talented people there. Uh, but uh, I don't think I don't think it'll fail at all. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's we agree with that. Um, there is a listener named Amy who's become a friend of True Crime Broads, and she has a question for you. She said, "Why do you think the police haven't used genealogy methods for the DNA evidence that they do have of Missy's of Missy and the killer?" Well, I don't know that they haven't. Um, Good point. Or some things that some things I do know I can't reveal, but I, I don't know for sure that they haven't. Um, now, as far as the DNA evidence, you know, not everybody's going to be in a database. Um, you have to have some type of law enforcement contact to get put in that database. Um, there's been there's been situations where cases have kind of gotten dormant for a while. Somebody gets themselves contacted by law enforcement in some way or another, usually through another crime, and then their DNA is added. That's ran back through there, and bam, you've got a hit. So it's not always going to be in that database. I, I, was, I had someone ask me the other day, is, what about these uh, different DNA sites that do genealogy and history and all that kind of stuff? Well, I think we've seen that in the news lately. Some of them have been leaking their information out to law enforcement. Now, can law enforcement go to them and and uh, uh, use a subpoena to, to have them run that? I don't know that part. That part of it, I'm not real burdened in that they can do that. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely before it releases anything, they would have to have a subpoena. But whether or not that company will actually do it or actually cooperate, there's many of them out there. I, I'm not sure. Okay, that makes sense. We have another listener named Mary who asked this question. She said, according to CBS. The police give Missy's case their full attention one to do to two days per month. Um, and she wrote, I'm like, really? <laughs> so I guess she's saying that's not enough. But I guess we need to confirm that CBS really said that we didn't think to do that before we came in here to record. I didn't. So I'm not sure if that was an official news report. It sounds like she's saying that it was. And she showed us a screenshot in this messaging where it says, according to CBS News, Texas, but I don't know what this is a screenshot from, but they are saying that CBS said that. Um, I guess, is that just to keep it from being a cold case or is that because they don't have much to go on? What If this is true that they work the case one to two days a week, a month, I mean, what does that mean to you, Michael? Well, I mean, if, if they're not receiving much more information in and they're continuing to go over the information they do have, like they discover something new or see something different or had another some other eyes and then take a look at it you know i'm sure they have the investigators and i don't know how many investigators it has but i'm sure they have other things going on to where they have to take right action on immediately if they can't i'm sure resources uh personnel monetarily they can't you know have somebody there all the time seven days a week or five days a week looking through this uh, especially if they haven't received new mm, that makes sense. Uh, and i think that's why tip lines are very important that's why podcasts are important the information out there to make sure that people remember this um because word of mouth spread you know through through word of mouth can spread a lot of information out there hopefully it's good information you know but uh i think that uh it doesn't it doesn't say to me they're not working on it it just tells me that that maybe they have 
exhausted everything they have and they're just working on you know anything new that may come. That makes sense. Uh, this is another question from Todd, um, and he says, if the police think they know the offender but lack proof, then the premium on protecting held back evidence seems lower. Do you agree? Premium on held. Run that by me again. If the police think they know the offender but lack proof, then the premium on protecting holdback evidence seems lower. Do you agree? Well, it depends on, you know, they have to be particularly careful on what they release. Because as we discussed the other day, and I'm sure you discussed it with other folks, for certain information, you need to hold tight tests so that it's a way of verifying did you come across a person of interest or somebody that becomes changes from a person of interest to a suspect that would know those particular items if you threw everything out there. And, um, yeah, I just don't think it, it's a good idea to throw everything out there. Uh, but as, as put, mm-hmm. uh, they need to hold some of the information back. You can't just throw everything out there and, and just uh, use with the investigation. All right. That makes sense to you? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question. Um, why do you think MPD does not use the reward money to their advantage as most police departments do? Um, in the beginning, they shared a letter from uh, SWFA who had donated $10,000 towards the reward money. And then um, later, we found out that <clears throat> family members and maybe friends, I'm not sure, the Beavers family had donated 30000 or something. And then another ten from that, that very, Yeah, was, that very first um, donation at the very beginning was from the milk company. Yeah, yeah. and then that one went away after a year. Yeah, <clears throat> but they they but, they pro- but your point is is yeah. that they promoted it. They promoted the SWFA one, but they've never promoted any of the other ones, and um, so it kind of leaves the public to go: Is there still reward money? Now I'm led to believe that they don't. Um, SWFA doesn't have, you know, reward money anymore because they're not even in business from what we understand. But my question is, why do you think they don't take advantage of that? Because they, they had it only except for that one time. Well, typically when reward money is put out, it's not just for information, but it's information that could lead to the arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not, you know, let's say, you know, if I get some information, uh, let's say that they, Okay, we'll give you you know five thousand dollars, a thousand dollars if you come in with some good information on it. Well, what determines it to be good, you know? And how do you, how do you kind of determine who gets that money? How good is the information? The person will say, "Well, you know, I this is my information. It was good. It led you over here to speak to this person, so I should get money." Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to be information leading to the arrest though. Right. It's it's not gonna hand that money out like that to anybody who would bring information in. Right. Uh, it would it would cause problems. So I mean I've heard I've saw where other police departments will, you know, definitely put that information out there because they you know, they seem desperate to get information to get this case solved because it's such a big uh case and people are, you know, as you can tell 
obviously by that person that contacted you, worried and afraid. Um, I just don't understand why they don't take advantage of it, though. I mean, I I know where people get confused about, you know, am I going to get it because the people came in, and it usually is like you said, it has to lead to an you know arrest and conviction. But why don't they take advantage of that information? Why aren't they utilizing that? To get more tips. Yeah, to get more tips. Because they say uh, in their, you know, the last time they spoke that they believe this case will be solved by the tip of someone who comes forward with information they have. Mm-hmm. You're talking about why they don't why they don't put it out that, hey, we have X amount of money. Yeah. If you yeah. have, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They, have, they haven't said that in probably seven years. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay, I understand now. Um, why they why they don't put that out there? I don't know. Could it have dried up? I, I don't know. Uh, Swafas makes sense that they're out of business. Uh, usually, it's the, uh, the what is it the Borden Milk Company that usually puts out mm-hmm. more oak dairy like farms. Yeah. Oak dairy farms. Yeah. Yeah. Oak, but yeah, the oak farm, the oak farm. I'm sorry. Um, and they're very they're very pro police. They're very pro law enforcement and so forth like that. They've always been that way. Uh, why they don't put that out there? I, Really, I really couldn't say. I don't know. No, I'm not, yeah, that's I'm not wild. sure what the reason is behind that. I wonder if it has anything to do with, you know, you know this, Michael, and of course, Renee and I remember they had a gentleman by the name of Kevin Johnson who was, huh? he served as the media liaison. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, we've noticed that while they did replace him as the assistant chief, they never really put somebody back in that position to communicate with the media and the public. I wonder if maybe that's why this stuff isn't getting out. Cause I feel like Kevin Johnson was the one kind of updating everyone. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he left, nobody filled that position, that part of the position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Kevin, a uh, very good guy, very good police officer. Um, I am sure Midlothian PD probably has a PIO or public information officer. Uh, I don't know who that would be now. It might not be a bad idea to reach out to them and find out who that is. Have y'all have y'all uh, had anybody contact you to say they're the new PIO? No. Mm-mm. Okay. That might not be a bad idea to contact them and see who that is now. Okay. Uh, we can do that. Or I can. I can. Yeah, yeah. that's great. That's you know awesome. Right. Because I think a lot of the frustration with this case and what a lot of our listeners just feel kind of wild about just their emotions and we share in that feeling is that the police aren't updating anyone. And especially for those that live close by to the church are thinking, well, there's this homicidal maniac running around. And even if Missy was targeted, that person could get mad at somebody else, you know. And I mm-hmm. think that there's a feeling of unrest that we detect mm-hmm. because they haven't we haven't been updated. We don't know if they've got someone in their sights. If they would even just say, hey, you know, we are looking at someone. Of course, they wouldn't have to tell anyone who or where or gender or any information that would be identifying. But I think the public, especially in that area, deserves to sort of have a soothing reassured, message yeah, yeah, from we, the police. Everybody wants to be reassured, um, you sure, know, cause they sure. were all questioning, you know, okay, what's go. We, we know they say they're working on it. And, and I guess we just, you just want to hear from them, I guess. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Um, and it also could be that, uh, whoever the new PIO is, they, they literally not have anything new to report. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's nothing to report, then they, you know, usually, because I used to be the PIO for our department, I used to report on the news several times we had produced or whatever, like that. But if we don't have anything new to update, typically, 
we don't we don't say anything, you know, unless somebody specifically asks us. Um, so that may be the situation there. There's may not be anything new to report. But I get this understand. I understand the point where they say, well, we don't have anything new to report, but rest assured, we are working on it. That would be we good. Dropped it, and we're still going. I get that. I yeah, completely get that. Um, I would definitely like what you flip right back to the PIO. We'll probably just need to contact the uh, PD and find out who the PIO is. Maybe if they'll be willing to put out something like that, just you know, kind of keep in touch with the people and keep it front of mind. Yeah, and we wouldn't even, I don't think people even are looking for a full blown press conference or anything, just maybe sure. a little, just yeah, a little just a statement or something. Yeah, just yeah. a little statement in the local newspapers and they can put it on the internet, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, well, that sounds good. Yeah, okay, so it. Uh, this is another question I have. It's been said that we talked about this earlier that Midland police are giving Missy's case their full attention one to two days a month. Uh, maybe could be more. We had heard at one time it was every Thursday okay. or something. So um, is that all? All that's required to consider this case active well it's going to be up to the department how far they go on that if they if they run typically if you run out of leads and you offset everything to the, to the end and you have nothing more to go on then it'll it'll be put back on the back burner um so i don't know how much they're getting in do they still get stuff in on a daily basis weekly basis monthly basis not sure that would definitely be a question for their PIO. Okay. Uh, no, I would I would head in that direction there. Okay. Well, maybe we can, if you find out they have one, maybe they will uh, come on and answer these questions for us. Sure, I bet they would. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have one more question from Todd. He mm-hmm. asks, this is a little bit of a long one, but he says, if police don't have a good suspect, then why would they not actively engage the media to keep tips coming in, scouring the case file for what info they could release without losing all of their holdback evidence? Well, that's going to be on the, that's going to be the decision of the investigating officer and then the press. Um, I'm sure they meet together to decide what can be released can be released we release this should we not will this part if we release this will this compromise anything that we're working on mm-hmm. um so that that's going to go back to the uh, again to the investigator each department's a little different some release more some release less it's going to be up to the pd and investigators and the administration okay and I have one last question from a listener. It's from Diana. She said, one more thing. Can you think of any reason why Midlothian police doesn't locate and re-question some of the people they originally questioned? I guess she means back in like 2016. Maybe some of their stories may differ a second time around since it's been so long and maybe compare those answers to their first questioning. Oh, that's good. Right. Well, I think that that's something that... Uh, Number one, we don't know that they haven't done. Um, you know, true. if you've got a new investigator in there, has a new investigator started from A and started working their way back, don't know. That's something that we'd have, you know, talk to the investigator about or the PIO talk to them and then let say, yes, we are doing that or yes, we haven't done that or we've lost the leads over here. You know, it depends. That goes all the way back to the investigator and the admin, how much they're willing to least on that they, they might compromise what they have or they uh, uh on the investigation oh so right. that's going to flip back to that last question 
Well, my last question is actually from me, not from a listener. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious if, um, if, let's say Midlothian Police has a tip on someone and they're mm-hmm. thinking, wow, this person is a pretty good suspect here, point person of interest. If they are involved with someone else, whether it be a live-in boyfriend or girlfriend or a spouse, would they... Would it make sense for law enforcement officers to investigators to contact that significant other and start really leaning on them to see what they know? Good question. Well, I mean, if they don't have anything to do with it, they 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 really are not going to step up and say, "Hey, you know, has your uh, boyfriend or uh, girlfriend said anything about this?" You know, they typically don't. Well, I mean, you know, now, I mean, like if they have good evidence on someone and it's looking like they could very well be Missy's killer. I mean, I mean, at that point, would it make sense to contact someone who they suspect might know something and maybe just lean on that person instead of going directly to the suspect herself? I mean, you mean the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend yes, or significant yes. other of the person that they have yeah. inform, you know, good information on? Mm-hmm. They're, they're typically... They're typically not going to do that. Could they do it? I suppose you're going to have to be able to articulate why you went to that person. And mm-hmm. then again, typically, I don't know. I've seen it over the years. Boyfriends, girlfriends be very protective of their significant others, even though they know they may or may not, or maybe suspect something. Mm-hmm. Unless you make them mad, and then they're going to turn around and come to you and right. tell you all kinds of things. I've True. seen that over the years. Too, where they will snitch, snitch another significant other. Usually, if you make make them upset or they get upset at you, I've had wives come in and leave their husbands and vice versa. And say, oh, by the way, they have outstanding warrants. Adam, <laughs> go pick and them sure up. Sure enough, they do. And That's say, hilarious. Okay, thank you. Why are you doing? Well, they just I had them tell me directly. Oh, well, they just make me mad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, we'll go out there and contact them. Already. How did you know? <laughs> My response to them is all, you know, we the popo. We always know. <laughs> you know I don't ever reveal good, how I know. That's some good old fashioned revenge right there. Detail. So what you're saying is, yeah. is we need to look for an enemy of, of the person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that has information. Yes. That's a pretty, it's probably not yes. that many people. Well, I guess I, I guess I've seen too many movies because I was just sort of picturing when they zero in on someone and they know that their significant other knows something. I was thinking maybe they could go in there and say, Hey, you've been keeping this secret. You know, unless you want to be indicted, you need to tell everything you know, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. But I probably yeah, just got, a, I yeah, got that on TV, yeah. probably. They don't care. That's funny. That's the extent of my investigation well, <laughs> experience. I think the point of this whole thing is don't tick off your significant other. If right. Put you your teeth. You got that right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's when they start talking. All right. Yes. Well, that makes sense. What else? What else you got, Michael? What else do you think that uh, we can do to be helpful? And just kind of what are your parting thoughts today? Well, I think uh, keeping this out in front of the, or active in the, in the, the communities, uh, mind and keeping it on the forefront there helps out a lot uh, I think y'all are doing a good job thank you uh, I think you've got uh, folks that are that just that follow you looking for this you know the 
whatever tidbits you might have. I think that with what you're doing here, you're probably more likely to get somebody, hopefully, eventually, to come up and say, hey, let me tell you something on this. You know, I'm hoping that that'll help out. Yeah. Will they? I don't know. It's hopeful. Yeah. Uh, but I think just keeping it at the forefront, sharing it across the social media platforms, uh, the people that you have reached out to, and I've heard many of your podcasts, people that you've had on the show, investigators, and so forth, like, I think that helps out a lot. And I think keeping it fresh in the public's mind uh, is the main thing, not letting go dormant or quiet. Yeah, thank you. You know, it does get discouraging knowing that the eight-year anniversary of Missy's murder is coming up in April. It's hard to believe. Around the corner. So, yeah, right, we're right. just trying to keep it going. Well, Michael, thanks again for coming and spending some time with us. We really enjoyed sure. it. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you in the future. Maybe, yeah. we'll, have, maybe we'll have some better news about the case next time we talk. So. Right. Yeah. That'd yeah, be amazing. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us thank on you. True Crime Prize. We'll see you next time. Hey, y'all. As you know, my co-host Renee has a company called Southern Comfort and More, and I'm actually currently having a sheets party for her. She sells sheets and the most amazing, big, cozy, thick, soft blankets you've ever seen in your life. And if you need anything like that, please order from her. She runs a really good business. She'll have it shipped to you to wherever you are in the United States. So, Hop on to her Facebook page. It's called Southern Comfort and More. Or um, I guess they could just get with you on on True Crime Broads yeah, as well. And then you pay, can, yeah, they could just message me. Yeah. However, well, thank you for saying that. Of course. Yeah, I, I just gifts. thought, you know, we really don't have a lot of sponsors. We yeah. got a few, we've got a few commercials, which we greatly appreciate, but we don't have any like sponsors that have come to us or that we've retrieved out in the world so i thought why wouldn't we just promote your business it's amazing so that would really help renee out she's a small business owner and shop small you know hashtag shop small right and with christmas coming up and hanukkah um new year's there's all kinds of reasons that you should fill your home and warm your home up with these amazing blankets. So right. go go check out her well, listings. Thank you for saying that. Oh yeah, she's got really cool pictures on Southern Comfort and more Facebook page. Yeah, you so. can find it on my profile. And also, while we're talking about that, I'll go ahead and tell everybody about Crystal. She's an amazing <laughs> real estate agent. <laughs> she's laughing, but she—I've never seen anybody work so hard for her her clients oh, in my that's life. So, nice. so I wasn't you, expecting you to say anything yeah. about me. I was just jumping on here to talk about you. Yeah, that's so you. nice. Well, thank if you, you anybody is in the market, please contact her because she does an amazing job. She's helped me uh, many times on just just looking at places, rentals, whatever. So yeah, check her out. Call her up if you need her because so nice. she's going to be there for you. Well, that's awesome. And don't forget Southern Comfort and More. Renee will take good care of you. You can also Zell her, Venmo her. It's super easy. And yeah. then she'll ship immediately. She ships so fast. Yeah. Thank All you right. so much. You guys have a great day.
that, let it shine, let it shine, yeah She gon' hit my line, I decline, I decline, yeah Shall I be the best, I'm the fine, I'm the fine